Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody with me, your host, Jackson Stone. And I got another uh, pretty awesome guest today. Um, he's a former South Dakota State Jackrabbit, just like myself. Um, and now he's a doctor. Uh, so now I'm here uh, this week. I'm joined by Dr. Andrew Phelan, or as we called him in college, uh, Philo. What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. How are you? I am uh, doing really well. What about yourself? Well, actually, actually, don't answer that just yet. Because uh, I got I'll lead up to that question. It's like a big question for me. Okay. Um, but before we dive into the first question I'm going to ask you, which I almost did on instinct, um, give people just like a little elevator pitch about what you currently do, and then we'll kind of dive into it deeper as we go on. Yeah, sounds good. So, uh, for everybody watching, my name is uh, Dr. Andrew Phelan. I played college baseball with Jackson here back in the day. Um, so it's good to see him again. Um, currently a chiropractic physician in Littleton, Colorado, uh, mainly specialize in sports recovery and injury. So getting people out of pain um, and helping them move and function better. So that's what I do nowadays. Um, play a little softball here and there, but uh, yeah, that's me. That's awesome. And you just recently had a baby girl. That's correct, man. Yeah, three and a half months now. Her name's Sloan. She's uh, she's doing well. She, it's a big life change if you haven't had a kid yet, obviously. So it's it's all good though. She's sleeping well for us, and she, it's been awesome ever since she showed up. Awesome. So I saw you July of two thousand and twenty. Mm -hmm. um, we were fortunate enough to be able to go to our t our old teammate's wedding. Um, and when I saw you then, you were going through a lot of life changes. Like your wife was pregnant. Um, you were starting your, like your last business happened, something happened because of COVID and you were starting your own thing. Um, so where are you at now with everything in terms of your specific business? Yeah. So things have kind of calmed down now, which is good, but you know, 2020 was tough for everybody, right? I mean, everybody was impacted one way or another. And so to give everybody that's that's watching a little background um we had a practice in a different location that we're practicing at now and we also ran a uh, small personal training gym alongside it uh long story short everything that happened we ended up having to close it down so you know from a financial and personal uh aspect it was tough it was a big test and as you mentioned you know casey was pregnant and uh we had some big changes coming up in the family on top of trying to figure out what we were going to do next. So, um, yeah, so we saw each other in July at that time, we were just transitioning into our new office. And so now we're in, you know, March, 2021, um, and things are picking back up, which is good. So as restrictions have eased up, we've slowly built our practice back up in a different location. And like I said, things are starting to calm down now, which is good. So, Overall, it was hectic, uh, leading all the way up until baby girl showed up and trying to get things back on track. But now uh, things are feeling a little bit back to normal compared to where they were back then, for sure. <clears throat> so now um, I'm going to ask you the question I almost asked you before at Instinct. Um, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit in terms of where you're at now and where you were a few months ago or even you know a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this question is really important. Just like I almost did, we kind of always ask it out of instinct, almost ask it as a way to say hello. Um, and for us dudes, we usually uh, answer it with I'm all right or fine, which generally means that we're not either of those things. Um, mm -hmm. We're usually carrying around something pretty heavy with us that we feel like we can't talk about. Um, but I'm gonna ask you this question, hopefully you answer it honestly and kind of dive in 
to as deep as you want, but how are you doing? Like for real, for real. Now a lot better for real, for real. Um, you know, at the time it was tough for sure. I mean, there's a lot of questions that go back and forth in your head. Like, are we going to be able to continue to practice? We have a kid to worry about that's coming about. Um, a lot of stress that I don't think anybody could plan for. So at the time, extremely stressed out, probably the most stressed I've ever been in my life up to this point. Um, aside from just worrying about a kid being healthy enough to come into this world, right. With everything else going on, a lot of stress for sure. So I had some, some up and down days, not going to lie. Uh, but a lot of family support and help around me, which I think is important. People that I have in my life that I felt I was able to share my concerns with, which I think is important. And, um, kind of what you mentioned for guys in general, it's easy to close up and kind of back away from those type of conversations or, um, in general. And I think that's something that we need to get away from and which is cool with what you're working on is getting people to express those things because holding on to those things for a long period of time can cause repercussions down the line for sure. And so we went through a struggling time without question, but we got through it together working with not just us, but a lot of other people that um, supported us and cared for us. And now we're kind of on the mend, I would say, um, and looking forward to the future of continuing to focus on the important things. So, yeah, because, you know, especially, especially guys who have a family, you know, we feel like if something goes wrong, it's everything has to be on our shoulders and we have to carry it around with us and we can't look tired or weak, maybe in front of our wife or our kids, because we have to show them strength. Um, did you feel that way? And, you know, did you combat that with, with obviously having deep conversations with your wife? And like you said, with your support system, what was the, what was the mindset there? Yeah. I mean, initially you feel that way, like as the supporter and provider for your family, you want to try to be that, that stronghold. And I think that's important in general to try to stay that way, but you also need to communicate the, the things that you're struggling with too, so that they don't overtake what you're trying to get through essentially. Um, and our situation was a little unique too, because we both practice and do the same thing. Right. So we met mm -hmm. in school and now we practice together out of the same facility. So when we went through that and she was pregnant, we shut down and it ultimately meant both streams of income were gone for a period of time. And how are we going to navigate that together while trying to mentally keep it together to, to figure right. out what, what are our next steps and what are we going to do? And so we really tried to just slow everything down and take it a day at a time because everything was so hectic at that time. And I think ultimately that was, our biggest win at the time was just to focus on a day-to-day -day thing. What are we going to get through? Take those steps from a personal perspective and then a, a business perspective. And I think we did the best we could and we made it through it for the most part. And now we're doing all right. And by all right, yeah. and okay. We, we are doing okay. And, and practice is almost back to what it was in February of 2020 before we had to shut down. So. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just recently followed your Instagram page, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that kind of stuff. Like you're just putting out some solid information for people to digest has, uh, I don't know if you've always been a social media guy, but how about, is it, be, is it weird for you to post those kind of videos of like you just talking and then it just is, like posting them on social? Funny you bring that up too. Cause it's something like, I think everybody has to get a little more comfortable with in general. Like I'm definitely more comfortable in front of my, 
my patients and people when I'm talking to them, but doing videos by yourself and trying to get comfortable with creating a, a following so that I can educate people outside of the people that come into my offices. Yeah. It's a, it's a learning curve just like anything else, but you know, I'm starting to consistently put um, information out there and hopefully that'll start to grow and get the word out there about what I do. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a learning curve, no doubt. It definitely, yeah. Like when I started posting, like, you know, the selfie videos, like no one's holding your camera before I like got a tripod or whatever, like, but I still do the selfie videos because I'm like, this is a cool place and I want to do a video. It's like, seems odd. You know, it's like, what, who, I mean, it's who am I talking to now? But yeah, at the same yeah. time, it's like, at first you're trying to do it and you just feel awkward. And it's like, man, I don't know about this, but then you just got to start doing it. Just like, you know, you've been yeah. doing it. Like you start, you got to start somewhere and then keep working on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially with social media, like, I feel like everyone wants to have like the perfect setup. Like I got to have the perfect camera, the perfect lighting, the perfect backdrop. I have to have the perfect words to say. And I'm like, no, you don't. Because the, the important part about your content is what you're actually saying. And that's what people are digesting. And that's where the value is. So if you have a shitty camera and a shitty background, but your words are, have value and they're like, and you're expressing them in a way that's like authentic, like that's what matters. And then as you grow, right, you expand your, uh, your tools and like the same way in anything else, like it gets better as time goes on. But the only way to do anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, and authenticity, I think, is the most important part, too, for sure. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Yeah. Second, always some te technical difficulties. Here we go. We're back. Here we go. We're back. <laughs> um, but what I was saying is authenticity in general, I think, is good because it's like you could make all this, all these videos up that, that look good, but is it honest information that somebody's putting out there? And I, I think that even if it looks bad, like you said, you're putting, putting honest, even if you stumble on your words and things like that, it's, it's authentic and people can see who you are. And I think that's sometimes missed, um, from what I've seen, you know, in my, my rookie approach, I guess is what I could say to, uh, social media, but, um, some things aren't as authentic and you can feel that I think. So working on being authentic is important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was, uh, pretending to be a movie star as lights camera Jackson um like the content that I would post was like really draining because I feel like I had to have like this perfect setup you know and I was totally pretending to be this person and I was like just out of college I was broke you know like I didn't have a fucking fancy car or shit I was using my parents house like someone else's pool like I was making it work but it was it was super stressful um I mean I chose to do that and it was really fun when I did it but like now it's, it feels like a lot more freeing because I could just post a random video of like me with my hair messed up, just had coffee and I feel super cool. And like, that's what I want to put out because it's nice. That's exactly who you are. That's good. And I get it to each their own, you know, you got to do what you got to do and whatever makes you climb the ladder on what you want to do. I get it for sure. But um, I think at the end of the day, whatever you're doing, if you can be your authentic self, you're going to be more productive and, and better at what you do. I agree. And then I, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, hundred percent. So let's, um, let's dive into a little bit about baseball. Yeah. Um, now that you're removed from playing baseball, when'd you graduate? What year from, from South Dakota State? Yeah. Cause you, yeah, you played, uh, you obviously went to school after that cause you're a doctor, but now that you're almost 10 years removed from playing division one baseball, how do you, how do you reflect back on your experience as a, as a division one athlete? 
Yeah. Awesome experience for sure. It's kind of crazy to think it was 10 years ago that we were in school, right? Playing ball together and grinding, trying to, trying to make it to the college world series, you know, all those hopes and dreams that you have as a, a young ball player, obviously. Um, you know, those were times that I don't think you think about it till you're out, but kind of prep you for how you're going to handle the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, waking up for weights, going to a school practice every day, it's a grind for sure. And it was like, you know, during it, sometimes you, you hated it, but you kind of appreciate it too, because you learn how to work with a bunch of different people um, and manage a bunch of different things with sometimes not enough time. And that's what real life looks like down the line, you know? Um, so I definitely miss those days of, of playing and, you know, just being around our teammates and traveling and getting to know people from all over the country and stuff. It was, it was awesome. And it, it, like I said, it's crazy to be 10 years down the road feeling like just yesterday that we were there, but um, yeah, good times for sure that are missed. How about you? Did you, um, that's, I've been thinking a lot about it actually. Um, because I just started coaching a a 13 year old team recently. Um, about, I mean, we, our season started about a month ago and we've been practicing for a while now. And since then, since about three months ago, three or four months ago, and since I stopped playing, I've had a very poor relationship with baseball. I was really salty about it. Um, I was salty about the fact that I didn't get drafted. I was salty about the fact that I feel like I didn't get recognition for my efforts. Um, and then when I get back into baseball, just randomly, a buddy of mine is like, hey, you want to come over to our facility and run some classes? And then he's like, hey, you want to be my assistant coach? I'm like, yes. And then just like all these things start to naturally fall into place and you start falling in love with the game again. And I realized, just like you said, how much I got out of baseball, how much I learned from the sport, how much it prepared me for life, how much I do appreciate, you know, maybe not getting this opportunity here or there because it ended up me here where, where I want to be and where I feel the most happy. And so it took me, I mean, I stopped playing in 2014 and it took me till, you know, the end of 2020 to kind of have a better relationship with the sport that I gave like 15 years to. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it's a, as you know, it's a commitment. We, you give so much of your life to it and then all of a sudden it can be over and that could be said for anybody at any level. Right. I mean, at some point your career is going to end. When is it going to be? You don't know. And then when you go from spending so much time doing that stuff to absolutely none, for sure. I, I think any, any player dreams of going pro and ending up in the big leagues, right? I mean, that's just natural. It's like, that's your, your goal ultimately is to get to that level, the highest level that you can play at. And then once it's over, it's, there's some ups and downs from a mental side. That's like, dang, I thought I was good enough to maybe get a shot or maybe get looked at and, you know, you got to move on somehow. So, but at the same time, like you said, you, you learn a lot of things from that, that gets you to the places you are now. And being able to handle those emotions and changes, I think a lot of what I learned from playing the game over the years has helped me get to where I am today, for sure. So, yeah, was when you when you graduated in 2012, did you did you know you were going to go to school right after, or or was there a thought that you were wanting trying to play a little bit? I don't remember. So I considered playing still. I remember when we first got done, I got into contact with a couple independent teams to potentially try out for. 
so that's you know i was contemplating it and then i was like you know what how long is this really gonna last um all those feelings of like should i do it should i not should i just move on now should i still continue to pursue that childhood dream you know that's a tough it's a tough decision to make at that point right um so when i went home that summer I, I did some, you know, I was still kind of training to figure out if I was going to try out for any of those teams. And then I was shadowing for actually a doc that was practicing in the, in the area too. So I was going back and forth between the two and trying to decide, Hey, should I start up school sooner than later or just continue to pursue baseball? And ultimately I decided to hang them up and pursue my next passion, which was uh, healing. So, and, and, and the medical profession. So it was, a lot of back and forth with my family and myself and trying to decide like, Hey, is it, is it worth pursuing? And ultimately I just decided to move on, which wasn't an easy decision by any means. You know, I feel like we all kind of gone through that because I felt like we played with a lot of, a lot of good ball players and some have made it, which is awesome. And it's good to see those dudes doing what they do, but there's a lot of good ball players that I've played with against that, you know, don't make it. And it's just a, right. a, very tough, a tough life to go through to make it. It's, it's very competitive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, sp I speak a lot about like, uh, you know, people in highly competitive environments, like getting their whole identity is wrapped up as to what they do, not really who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and so especially when either they're at your division one level or higher, when you stop playing your sport, like that's all, you know, like that's all I knew. I was like, I'm a baseball player. That's all I am as a person. Obviously not true. Right. I'm a person, a brother, a sister, a friend. I'm not a sister, but you get my point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're much more than just the one thing that we do. And so do you think the transition for you, um, past baseball was easier because you knew what you wanted to do next? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it, it was something to look forward to for sure, because it was something I knew I wanted to pursue when I was done. So I think that did help to certain certain level to decide okay I'm, I'm ready to move on it sucks but you know I, I have something to to work towards and that's that's what you're doing right the whole time you're in school you're working towards something and ultimately that goal while you're playing is sign a contract and play some professional baseball right so that was kind of the next transition to me it was like all right you've been working for all this stuff you don't want to quit working and you know what you want to continue to do so it's putting in work just in a little different way yeah um what what was your major at South Dakota State? I know it was like super hard. It was biology pre-med. Yeah. So how was like time management for you? Uh, it was kind of brutal. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was like you had to figure out how you're going to get all the projects and homework done. And I just, I mainly focused on two days a week that I was going to get all of my homework and projects done. Um, and that, that was Wednesdays and uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, because I knew the weekends were going to be for, you know, practicing and playing ball and, and trying to focus on getting better there. So I tried to pick a couple of days during the week to get all that stuff done. Seemed to work pretty well for me. I'm not going to lie. Just like everybody else, I procrastinated on some things. And, you know, you hope whatever studying you got done, you, you're going to be able to pass. So um, but that's time management skills that. I think you start building while doing all those different things at the same time to help out with what I'm doing now. Cause this is the stuff that counts when you got a family, you got people you're taking care of and ultimately uh, you got to stay organized. And if you don't, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a huge benefit of being a student athlete for sure um, is, you know, managing that time. You know, when do I hang out with my friends? When do I party? When do I get in extra reps? Uh, how do I get practice in? When do I get my tutoring in or my classes in? Like it's all, you know, a big jumble and no one really gets it perfect, but you know, we start to figure it out a little bit towards our junior senior year and like kind of have a more manageable idea of, of what we want to do. And plus, if we're really serious about our sport, which we were at school, we made time to have some fun. I won't deny that. Uh, but you know, we knew, we knew where our priorities lie, ex especially when the season started. And, uh, you know, I think we really got after it, but yeah. One thing, um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to just kind of build on what you're already talking about. But um, I think a big thing, especially for you and I, too, is when you leave to go to college, too, you're, you're responsible for the team and everybody that you're working with. But you're, you're kind of on your own, too, right? We went to school out of state. So you got to kind of figure your stuff out pretty quick or else you're going to fall mm -hmm. behind, too. So, you know, having the camaraderie of the team, knowing that you got to show up and be at your best in order to play ball period like if you want to start you got to be at your best so you got to figure that out sooner than later and if you fall behind those things tend to reflect even on the team too yeah yeah it's um it's interesting how individual baseball is but there's such a huge obviously team aspect to it like individual stats are highly looked at like for specific mvp races or all-stars or whatever but there's obviously a huge team component to it like you know, a theme in baseball is always that, you know, if, if I fucking boot a ball or miss a ball, like my teammates going to pick me up and, uh, you know, that linking arms kind of family mentality, but also when I'm at the dish, there's no team aspect there. It's just me versus that pitcher. Um, and so it becomes very individual in the same way. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with life. Like, you know, if I got to put in the work, you know, if I want to be, if I want to do anything successful and that's an individual aspect, but no one really does anything great alone. And so there's definitely a support group, a team aspect to, to life, you know, just like you touched on earlier um, when you're going through your hardships, you know, in 2020, just like everyone else. So I think that's a cool part about baseball. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It helps train you when you're not thinking about it, essentially. So it's like, you know, you're focusing on other things while you're in school and then you realize later, 10 years down the line that some of those things paid off in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that I always, uh, I think we always bonded on, uh, especially in college was like our love for working out. Um, when did that start for you and how did it change your life? Cause it changed my life fucking drastically. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important for what I do now too. I mean, I'm a big proponent of practicing what you preach period. We all know that training in general helped us out from a physical and athletic standpoint, but it can definitely help you out mentally. And then recovery too for for what we do when people come in in pain first we got to correct that but then we also got to teach them how to stay out of pain and a lot of that has to do with physical activity and lifting and lifting properly which is important too and a lot of that stuff i didn't even fully learn until i got through school too but i mean we had good trainers while we were in college and stuff too but there's continued education that you. but i got into lifting when i was probably 14 was the first time I could actually go into a gym that they would let me go into. And, uh, my brother took me under his wing. He he's four years older than me and he, he got me into it. And I was always a pretty little dude leading up to that point. So it was like, I felt like I was always trying to play catch up from an athletic standpoint. Like I was an athletic kid, but I was always small. I was small for a while. And it was like, what's going to be that thing that's going to help me gain confidence and strength and ultimately be a better athlete. And getting in the gym is 
what boosted that for me. So ever since I was 14, I mean, I've been in the gym probably four to five days a week, um, training, whatever it was at the time, obviously the focus was baseball. So getting faster stuff specific to earning a scholarship one day. And luckily I got to that point, which was awesome. But, uh, five days a week now, um, I do a lot of high intensity training now. It's a little bit different than what we did back then. I lift heavy, uh, once or twice a week, um, just to keep myself functional for treating my patients and doing the things that I like to do these days, like golfing and skiing and snowboarding and, and things like that. But it's very patient specific. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, you cut off at uh, right when you started talking about high intensity training, what you do now. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Now? Yes. All right. So high intensity training is what I focus on now um, because it helps benefit me in the office train a little bit differently than I did back in college. So I'll lift, you know, heavy once or twice a week. Um, and then everything's about functional movements to keep me healthy while I can treat my patients. Uh, because if I get injured, then that can turn into a problem too. But it's so important for, um, you know, longevity with what I do and staying physically active keeps the, the brain sharp too. So uh, I know you deal a lot with uh, mental and emotional health too with with a lot of the work that you do and it's it's a big component of what I do as well so proper nutrition proper training programs and then proper treatment are the three big pillars for what I do to help my patients out because if you're not uh, in the right headspace and have the proper nutrition going on what I do it's going to be harder to get you better in a reasonable amount of time so you could say that for a lot of different things um but working out, yeah, we, we bonded on that immediately. And uh, it's an important thing, still an important thing in, in my life and will be moving forward until I can't move anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love the gym. Um, yeah, like, you know, more so than just like the physical changes it created in my body, like it just, uh, it grew my confidence. Like I can do these things, like I can do difficult things, like I can you know, grow my strength or whatever the case may be, or whatever the, whatever helped grow my confidence. Like that was the weight room for me. And, uh, for, for me now, you know, since I, I do a little bit of pro wrestling, my, my working out is, you know, I still try to work out for function and for movement. Um, and still try to work on like explosive power, but really I'm trying to stay healthy. Um, and just like you said, recovery is an important part of any kind of optimal health plan. Like if you're not sleeping right, if you're not thinking well, if you're not moving well, um, and if you're not putting the right stuff in your body, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to perform at any kind of elite level, whether you're a mom, an accountant, you know, a business person, you know, and that stuff's important. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the number one thing I tell people about their mental health is just move, try to move your body. Just try to move your body. Like it's not going to... Uh, you know, fix every emotional or, or mental condition that you have, but it can definitely help you just breathe and, you know, kind of re release in the moment. Like if you can go for a 10 minute walk every day, just start there, right? Just start with moving your body for 10 minutes a day. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a huge unlock because then it starts, you start to feel better and you start to explore more options for yourself. Like, what can I do here? Can I do yoga? Can I do Tai Chi? How can I, maybe I start riding a bike or maybe I'll hit a gym, you know, all these things, but it's a domino effect, but you got to start somewhere and walking for 10 minutes a day is a beautiful place to start. Absolutely. 
I mean, movement is healing ultimately. And everybody responds differently to different programs. Like you said, anything period, if you get out and get moving, it's, it's going to help you in one way or the other, for sure. Um, and so that's what I preach in my office is, you know, everybody that walks in is coming in with a different level of training period from just sitting on the couch all day, all the way up to, you know, people that are running marathons and elite athletes. So movement is key for whatever goals that you have. Um, and you got to start pursuing it sooner rather than later, for sure. <clears throat> I, I, that's interesting. You brought up marathon runners because I have an interesting question for you. Sure. Marathon runners, like their body goes through a lot. Like it's super hard on your body specifically, not just the actual feat itself of running 25 miles uh, or however, however long a marathon is. I would never dream about doing it. I would just break down immediately. But uh, do you think there's, there's more benefit than risk to running long distance? That's a good question. Um, there's different levels of long distance. I mean, depending on where you fall, if you're talking about just marathon runners, how often they're running, um, can be very good for you if you manage your body properly. Okay. Mm. That's one thing. There's also ultra marathoners that run, right? So extreme distances. And it's amazing how tough the body is to be able to handle that. But there are some health precautions from running long distances as well too. Right. So the repetition of compression on joint spaces, um, Oftentimes runners that do longer distances, they only care about calorie intake, which is at the end of the day, that's what you need to finish those type of races. Doesn't necessarily mean that nutrition is all beneficial, but it's calorie calories in calories out essentially. And that gets you through a lot of races. So to answer that question, I think in general, it's good. It's a, it's a great thing, but you got to be able to train your body properly over a period of time and then also recover properly like you're talking. So proper nutrition protocols while you're going through it, it can be great for the body. Just like anything else, though, there's um, extremes that wouldn't be recommended, right, um, that can lead down a path of injury or not proper recovery that leads to other problems internally, for sure. But I would say simply running longer distances be, would be better for most, most of the population. If you're only doing that type of type of workouts, but some, some people benefit more from high intensity training or, you know, whatever their goals may be, but it's all, it all comes down to what you want to do, what's realistic. Mm -hmm. And then having a proper plan that'll help your body recover. Cause if you don't do that, long distance running can ultimately tear it down to you. Okay. I mean, yeah, there we go. That's the, basically the perfect answer. Um, so I, uh, I listened to this podcast by this guy named Rich Roll. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, but he's like an ultra endurance athlete and his podcast is amazing. And he talks about how, um, really hard endurance training has brought him to basically the edge of his capacity. Like how can my body withstand all of this and then breaking through that kind of edge. Um, and it's led to some like, amazing personal growth and i never thought of it in that way like a physical activity that pushes your body to the edge of its capacity can can mentally grow you as a person to be able to be persevere more in your life to overcome more challenges and it just makes me um think about the mind and the body connection how they're so related they're so connected but i think as people just everyday folk we treat them 
so separately. Like this is my physical body and this is my mind. They're separate, but really, you know, the same, they're the same. Cause if you're someone who's gets anxious or has anxiety, those, uh, those symptoms or things happen in your body. Like sometimes your lower back might hurt or you might feel like you need to vomit. Like those are your body telling you that you're getting more anxious. And so I think we need to start listening to that mind body connection a little bit more and see what it's telling us. Yeah. I mean, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. It's not separate period. Mind body connection is everything. When people come in with pain, a lot of it, especially chronic pain, there are patterns, you know, within our mind that hold on to those type of things. So chronic pain can be presented by, uh, mental manifestation and vice versa too. So, you know, when, when we are working through things like, like that athlete talked about um, doing ultra marathons and, you know, pushing past those limits, it's amazing. Like I said, what the body can handle and what the mind will, will make it so that we can complete essentially, if you push past certain barriers our body will respond. And, you know, some, some people have, the passion to push past those things. And it's cool to see the, the body respond to those type of things. And then all of a sudden they have these experiences that are almost out of world, out of body experiences of like, I can do more things. I can see things differently essentially. And that's, that's huge. That's key for most people is understanding that taking care of everything up here can manifest how you respond physically. And, and anything that you're getting into is, is, is everything. I, I tell all my patients that, you know, we got to make sure that you are prepared for what we're going to do for you and then set goals so that mentally you are prepared to complete them. If you don't understand that those two things connect, you're probably going to end back at square one, like you've been this entire time. So yeah, it's, it's, it's one in the same. They're not two separate things for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what are the, the top three things that you see most often people come in with to your, to your office? So low back pain, for sure. That's super common. Uh, neck pain that drives migraines and headaches is probably number two. Um, and then since I do a lot of sports recovery stuff, you know, your ankle sprains, rotator cuff things, those are probably my third together. So those are my, my top three things that I see. Um, there's not, there's, I wouldn't, there's no quick fix for, for anything really. It's kind of just a daily practice of, of trying to figure out your body. Um, but is there some sort of, is there like top exercises or things that you would recommend people do daily, just no matter what? Core work and breathing. Uh, those things are the biggest. Number one, lowers blood pressure every morning, which is super important. Also gets the mind right before you start your day. Mm -hmm. And everything from what I've seen so far in practice will respond to properly manifesting stability in the core first. So a lot of what I do with rehab is we make sure that people are breathing properly because believe it or not, a lot of people don't, you get away from it for, for di all different reasons, whether it's injury or cosmetic, because people, you know, breathe differently. We end up being chest breathers because we want to make our stomach look smaller, you know, things like that can all be a factor of why we don't breathe properly. And so as we progress, hold, hold on, I, uh, I missed like the last couple minutes, couple, uh, you talked about breathing. That was the start. Yeah. So that's, that's the, one of the main things that we focus on. If anybody's going to do that, um, have people look up what's called dyna dynamic neuromuscular stabilization. Okay. 
essentially what that is, is reprogramming breeding patterns from infantile stages up through, you know, when we start walking and everything, that is huge. It's a, it's a big key to a lot of different injuries that I deal with. And I find that if you understand how to control your core and breathe properly down through your abdomen, a lot of, uh, other injuries outside of that will recover faster. So if you're going to start any day with anything, uh, it's to learn how to properly breathe and do core exercises in the proper way. And I don't mean doing 150 crunches. That's not core. We're talking stuff that's going to stabilize the core. And oftentimes to give you an example, it'd be like bridging and, and things like that, that hold and stabilize those areas of the spine. And then you start to work out from there if you're doing any other exercising. So yeah, that, that would be my rule of thumb. Start with proper breathing and core exercises. And then depending on what your goals are outside of that, they should get better from that type of stuff. So, Yes, 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 yes. All the time I say, if people ask me how they can change their life, as a very general thing, I say you can do three things. You can make your bed every morning when you wake up. Uh, you can start a breathing practice and you can move your body for 10 minutes a day. If you start doing those, start doing those three things every day, you're going to see some sort of changes. And then you build on that stuff. You expand on that from there, like what you're adjusting to or how your body's reacting, how your mind's reacting. And then you kind of figure out exactly what works for you. But um, that's, yeah, spot on. Beautiful. I'm glad, I'm glad my listeners get to hear from a doctor because I'm not a doctor. I <laughs> know that's all right. You do, you're doing good. I, I like your show, bud. And it's, yeah, it's important stuff. And you're, you're hitting a lot of the things where you should. Um, but yeah, from my medical background, that's, that's, that's a good start with those top three things for your day, for sure. Absolutely. Um, cool. Um, is there anything else uh, you are really interested in, in people hearing or knowing? Um, and also, whenever you say that, where can, they, where can they find you on the internet since you talked about your social media before? Well, continue to follow Jackson for sure. He's a sharp guy. He's a, he's a good buddy of mine. And um, he's going to steer you in the right direction for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so where you can find me uh, again, Dr. Andrew Feeling, feelingperformancehealthcare.com is my website. Uh, and then you can follow me on Instagram uh, and Facebook under feeling performance, feeling underscore performance. Uh, we're putting more content out there, but that's where you can see some of my educational videos about what I do, how I handle things. And if you know anybody that's in the Littleton, Colorado area, that's where I'm located. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that the stuff that you're working on, I think is some of the utmost important things that people need to focus on, especially nowadays. We've been going through some incredibly chaotic times this last year, year and a half from a financial, personal, um, social, mental perspective. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm only 30 years old and I can't remember a time where it's been this hectic in my life uh, all at the same time. So we all need to kind of lean on each other and, and listen to people at the end of the day, because that's, uh, that's going to get us the right answers, whatever you're working on. Sit and listen to people. I listen to people's you know, issues every day, and you got to find out what's going to work for them. Um, Jackson's doing that as well. I think what you're doing is awesome, man. So keep it going. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, and thanks for coming on today. Um, tell your wife and, uh, and baby girl, I said, Hey, um, and, uh, yeah, this has been an amazing episode. Um, please follow Dr. Andrew Phelan. Um, and if you like this episode, share it with a friend, that'd be super cool. 
um, or subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, or check out jacksonstone.net and yeah, whatever. Have a fantastic day um, and take good care of each other and much love. Bye. Cheers. See you guys. Thanks, bud.